0: everyone. Welcome back to the Leadership Locker. Uh, This is Rich Cardona, and I have a great guest who I mentioned earlier on Instagram Live. I I would consider a friend because I watch his Instagram stories every day, and he motivates me to run and see what the hell's going on over there in Las Vegas, Uh, but also because I've been following him, and I've told him many times face-to-face that he is absolutely consistent, and after meeting pretty much his entire organization, um, I know why Think Media Thrives, and that's why I'm rocking the Think Media uh, merch today. Uh, But his name is Sean Cannell, uh, co-author of YouTube Secrets, founder of Think Media, and multiple other things. Video influencers with Benji Travis, uh, half marathoner, maybe a marathoner, just hustler and heavily caffeinated, but you couldn't tell. Espresso caffeine drinker. Um, Sean, did I get that decent (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> As Bet you sip you nailed it.
1: <laughs> yeah i was mid-sip on some espresso and uh yeah man it's just super honored and and love what you're doing and grateful to be a part of it on uh the show today and i see you two on uh instagram stories running <laughs> getting those miles in yeah on the grind daily
0: It's a must. It's a must. So uh, real quick, Sean, uh, the Leadership Blocker. First of all, everyone out there, I want you to know Leadership Blocker is sponsored by Rich Cardona Media, where we believe uh, value is only achieved through visibility. So you got to be visible out there. You got to have your social content strategy on point. You got to be consistent. Um, So that's uh, the Leadership Blocker. And what it is, is it's essentially me interviewing people like Sean, industry experts, influencers to help them share their expertise with transitioning service members and veteran entrepreneurs. Why? Because I am both of those. Does it apply to everyone? Probably. But I asked Sean to come on today because when I went to see him at Grow With, Live, or Grow with Video Live in September, I actually went to church. And Sean, I didn't tell you this, but I don't go to church. Uh, I am weird about it. I go when bad things happen. Uh, I went when I was young and then left to my own devices. I just kind of avoid it for no other reason than, you know, it takes a lot to get me engaged, but you invited uh, the crew who came out to your event and I went and you gave this talk on vision and that thing stuck with me. It was like literally like a sack of bricks in my, in my mind. And I wanted you to talk about vision and um, you know, we could go a bunch of different ways with this, but first I want to talk about it in terms of entrepreneurship. How does do you even conceptualize everything that's going on in your head and turn it into a vision that's actionable?
1: Yeah. So, uh, thanks. And, you know, vision has been something that has so profoundly changed my life. And before even kind of bringing in all the details around vision, I think it's important that we actually capture kind of a big and even simple vision, you know, in that message that I shared, I talked about the ancient proverb that says where there is no vision, the people perish. And a lot of people know that one, whether they've been to church or not, they've heard that. Um, whether, and there's another translation that says where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. And so when there's no vision, there's no discipline talking about the leadership locker when there's no vision, there's, there's nothing, there's no reason to save our money for anything. We just go spend our money on whatever because we're not building towards something for the future. If we are living for the moment, then yeah, we'll go blow our money on the weekends. But if we're living for generations and building a legacy, well, we just captured a bigger vision that has now brought order and purpose to our life. And I think that this is kind of my personal story. I, I too, I kind of grew up in a religious household, but I wasn't a fan really of church either. And I hadn't really experienced like a powerful encounter with God or anything like that. And so I, I wasn't a huge fan of church and I then started to just get into partying and, and, um, you know, I was raving in, in my teenage years and just doing these different things. What happened though, is I remember distinctly 17, 18, 19, 20, I didn't have a vision. So with no vision for my future, wh- why not just party, party away and just try to live for yourself and live for the moment. If i didn't have a vision for a career, even i didn't have a vision for what I'm doing today. But as, it first started with my faith, but as I began to capture vision, which applies to everybody listening, the clearer your vision, the more momentum you build, the more order that comes to your resources, the more, the more uh, it changes and touches every single area of your life. So, vision is so important, right? I mean, it's it's like uh, it's just essential to have an effective life and effective business. You could probably speak to Rich, and I'd love to, to hear this when you come into the service and thank you for your service, you uh, you actually are kind of given a vision. You, yes. you, you, your whole life is, is, this is what you're going to do. This is when you're going to do it. But when you talk about transitioning service members, there is probably that identity crisis, where am I going next? And you need to actually capture a new vision for the next season of your life. Is that true? It's, it is a
0: visceral experience, no matter how prepared you are. And I, it's funny, I talked to Heather. Heather uh, Torres is Sean's COO, and I talked to her father, who's a veteran, and we talked about it. And it, yes, without a vision, you will meander, uh, and it is very difficult. So like you said, with the, the mish, mission, vision, values, I mean, you know, the military, it's, it's very easy. It's, it's defend and protect the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. However, I'm getting out. Okay, like, do I just want a job? Do I just want to make sure I can maintain the lifestyle I had because I had a housing allowance and because I was getting a stable paycheck? Uh, but what if you're someone like me who goes, you know what, traditional workforce is not for me. I want to be an entrepreneur. Sean, as a matter of fact, and we could talk about this, I, uh, I met with Gary Vee uh, a little, a uh, couple, mm, about six weeks ago. And I said, this is a completely different set of leadership challenge challenges when it comes to entrepreneurship. So, can you talk to me about as a leader the vision that is required for you to get the buy-in of the people that you want to be along your side?
1: Absolutely. And um as I've grown into entrepreneurship, I've I've learned that I've actually had to grow in vision, increase my vision and um and clarify it and learn how to communicate it. So as a backstory for those listening, you know, the first thing that I, I, I actually kind of came into this whole YouTube thing during the hardest season of my life because my wife was going through some health challenges. She almost died. And in 2009, I found myself by her hospital bed for six days, really questioning things about what's our future hold? What really is our vision? How are we going to pay these medical bills? How are we going to uh, live? What does what our family look like in the future? And it was at that time that I felt challenged that I need to step up as a leader, as a provider. And I read Gary Vee's book, Crush It, during those six days in the hospital. And I saw that it was possible to do, to make money online, to create a lifestyle on your own terms. And for me, it was to provide for my family and uh, to be able to work from home not just to live some kind of a laptop lifestyle, although I love that. And that's what is possible, (laughs) but was literally was to be able to have the flexibility and, um, and income to support my family with whatever would come, not knowing when my wife's literally in a hospital bed. And so then it took years of figuring this out. And, uh, going step by step, but eventually I was able to do that with YouTube and affiliate marketing, talking about tech and video is my background. So I started video in 2003 and I was reviewing tech and reviewing cameras, but I will be honest at the time I did have deep in my heart. And I think there's layers. It's like the peeling of an onion that I, I believe everybody listening actually has a God given vision woven into their DNA, but our goal in life is discovering it, you know, the two most important days ever is the day you were born and then the day you find out why. Yes. (laughs) And I actually think that finding out why is a progressive uncovering. It's maybe a moment where you kind of get it, but you didn't really realize all the nuances of it. But I'll be honest, my vision was like just to make enough money to live. Like I was like, I was like review cameras, make money off affiliate marketing. You know, there was no like impact the world. There wasn't build a dynamic team. I mean, there was those, like, those were kind of there, but, like, what it is today is not what it was then. But then what I'll tell you is that, you know, Heather Torres, my wife and I built our company at first, the two of us, but she came in 2000, end of 2015, and we started to capture vision together, and she just started helping us make a course. And same thing, it wasn't like, can we impact people around the world with a course? It was like, can we even create a course that will sell? Will will anyone even buy this? Like, And so that was kind of the level that it was at now. You fast forward to today, and we have a vision to help 10,000 people create a full-time living doing what they love while making a difference in the world with online video. By 2025, we wanna see 10,000 people come to Las Vegas to our event Grow With Video Live, not to just learn about this, but to come as like a homecoming to say, I'm doing it, I'm living it, you've changed my life, you've impacted me. That is now the vision and mission that I'm casting for our team. We also want to empower and create a platform that's not just for me, but we have Nolan creating content on the channel and Omar creating content on the channel and Heather creating content and Tony creating content. Plus they have their own YouTube channels. We want to build a network, as a weird reference, we kind of want to be the Wu-Tang of of YouTube in the sense that we all come together under the umbrella of Think Media, but then we also have our solo projects. And so that vision has progressed over time. In answer to your question, what I've learned is that if you're going to motivate and inspire people, and if you're going to build a team, you need to capture a large enough vision for their visions to live inside of it. And you need to be able to cast and clarify that vision. And so, you know, 10,000 people by 2025, a couple things. Number one, I've got faith for it. Number two, I'm terrified. I don't, even know, I don't even think that's possible. You know, that's like the tension I'm living in. And here's the deal. Going for that vision, if we only have 4,321 people come to Growth Video Live 2025, that would be unbelievable. If we had 2,000, 118 people come to Growth Video Live 2025, that will be a huge win. Yep. People say it, you know, shoot for the stars and you'll hit the moon. So I think you need a big vision. It should be realistic. I believe that vision's possible, mm-hmm. but you need a big vision that'll cause people to stretch. It should be within reach, but you need a big enough vision that their visions can live inside of it. And, uh, and then you have to be able to continue to cast and clarify that vision. I think then this also, and not to Spider web off, but this then kind of ties into your values, and it ties into your principles, and it ties into your core beliefs of your company because a lot of what we're doing is similar to what other people are doing. But how is it different? So we talk about this is how we're different. This is how we want to show up on YouTube. This is how we want to show up to our customers, and it all comes back to vision. Um, And so, yeah, it has been a progressive growth. And then, by the way, now we're multi-million dollar company. I'm 36 years old. Our company is about five years old. I was bootstrapping and building it as a side hustle for a while before that or years before that. And while I feel like we've achieved some level of success, and I would always want to acknowledge that and never have, you know, false humility, like we've certainly had some success. I feel like a beginner always. I feel like I'm always a student, always a beginner. I was running this morning listening to Great uh, Good Leaders Ask Great Questions by John Maxwell on 1.25 speed while running four miles this morning, Rich. <laughs> and, uh, and I was listening to it and I was like, man, shoot, I got to learn how to become a leader, man. I'm just, I'm at day one. I'm trying to figure this thing out. I don't know anything about vision. I don't know anything about leadership yet. And so I think it's a journey as it should be for all of us. But it is interesting. It does all come back to, to vision. And let me put it one other way. Uh, there's a great quote that says this: "Definitiveness of purpose is the starting point of all achievement. Mm-hmm. And so to me that 's vision it's just where are you going? like what what does that look like? you know uh, How can you articulate it? Is it written down and and the only way you 're ever going to rally a team or get even your family on board or get your kids aligned or or get your class or your whatever it is, is you got to have that vision that people can rally around that's clear. In fact, our company is actually called Clear Vision Media Inc. And that's our parent company mm-hmm. uh, over top of all of our various brands. Wow. And um, yeah, vision.
0: Let me ask you this. Uh, we we're gonna, I'm going to rewind a little bit and thank you for all that. And I guess so the Wu-Tang reference, I have to go back to that because I'm a hip-hop guy myself, so you'd probably yes. be the RZA. Who would Omar be in the Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> would he be Method Man? Riza? Mm. No, not RZA. Raekwon, maybe? Ghostface? Interesting. I have to think about Who that. Who would Heather <laughs> be in <the> Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> yeah. The real question. Inspector Deck, maybe. We'll see. I have to think on that. That's, I'm so glad you said that. I'm never going to forget that. But let's let me rewind to the moment where you had to almost scrounged for your vision because you were going through a personal trial and, and it was actually Sonia, but it obviously affected you as well. What if you are not enduring a catastrophic event? What if you are not, if you did not have your feet to the fire and you're not backed into a corner and everything for the most part has been a good life and, and you've been successful, but you feel like there's more, how do you even begin to kind of dig further, or, it, or maybe is it that you're just not digging further that you can't actually find that vision and that purpose? Because I agree with you. Once you find your purpose, like I found my purpose a couple of years ago, like game over. Like I, I, I can't go back to anything I used to be. Like there's no way. But what do you do if everything's actually okay?
1: I'm so glad you said that, and I think that revealed an enemy, and that enemy is comfort and complacency. And man, that's everything good in life is uphill and gravity makes it so the, that it's hard to go uphill though. And gravity has our, is why throughout the years of life, our skin begins to sag, you know, our (laughs) posture begins to, to sink lower. And, and if you're not intentional, You'll have bad posture later in life if you don't stretch and do yoga and try to reverse the gravitational pull of life. And so I'm empathetic to those that are in comfort. I just was talking to a business owner who was a part of uh, one, our mastermind, and he said, "Man, I love this stuff. I get it, but to be honest, the situation I'm in right now in business has got a few passive income things set up. It's tough. Because it's, I'm pretty set. Like I'm so comfortable is what he was saying that it's hard to get up and get motivated. What we learn is actually that pain and hardship and wake up calls in our life ultimately become blessings in disguise. Yes. Because in those moments, as you said, we are pushed off the cliff. We're forced into a corner. And pressure makes diamonds. Therefore, though, in answer to your question, for those that are potentially comfortable or complacent, and that could sound judgmental, it's not even meant to be. It's just like circumstantially, why would you, you know, if everything's going great around you and, and things are just set, you can just continue to coast. What you have to do is create, um, motivation. You actually almost have to create, this might sound funny. You need to create a crisis. Yes. And I'm not talking about being dramatic, you yeah. know, and all those, those people that we know that whenever, whoever you talk to them, they always bring up drama and it, everything <laughs> is a crisis, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: but you almost need to do some self-talk and, and uh, almost intentionally shape your worldview to stay motivated. Yep. I heard it put this way from my friend, Peter Voog. He's got a, a track on one of his ambition is priceless. mixtapes tapes called stay paranoid and interviewing some athletes. They say, I stay paranoid. How do they do that? They say, even though maybe I'm so far ahead of my talent, gifts, skills, and if you will, my business today, I'm paranoid because I know that there's always some young kid coming up. That's working twice as hard as me. Yes. That could take my spot. So when you're comfortable, it could be easy to think that you're invincible and so, or that it's always, things are never going to change. So even in, like, that's why we sweat in peacetime, so we bleed less in war. (laughs) And so when you're in peacetime, comfort, complacency, you have to just tap into the mind. So sometimes I think this could be another one. Eventually you make enough money to where you say, look, my needs are met. My needs are met. However, you maybe then need to reframe to say, well, what's that even mean? Most Mm -hmm. people are one financial crisis away from utter destruction, meaning it could be a lawsuit. It could be a real chronic health challenge. um, It could be some kind of setback. And then furthermore, again, it's a it's a vision thing. You might say I've got enough resource for me and my family, whereas When I began to study the ancient Proverbs in the Bible, and it says actually a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, I start actually counting how we're doing. And I'm like, dang, we're not that wealthy. Because we don't even have an inheritance for ourselves yet, let alone my children. But you're saying children's children? So now I'm thinking over the next 100 years and not just over my life. But all that is, again, it's forcing you to and that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. I, eventually, when I was reviewing cameras, making money off affiliate marketing, um, and it was just Sonya and I living here in Vegas, I had a choice. And I want to be clear. I'm not actually saying it would have been bad to stay here, although my personal conviction is that what, it would be bad for me to stay here. But we, we start getting six figures a year, living in Vegas, no kids, just my wife and I, um, making videos from home, pretty good life. Like we could do it. It's cost of living here is affordable. It's cheap. I'm getting invited to speak at places. I could just have coasted and settled there. But because of capturing a bigger vision and looking to that next mountaintop and stretching to that next goal, I then was like, no, for the impact I want to make, I'm going to need a team. Well, guess what? Six figures a year and you're going to pay other people? You're broke again.
0: Yes. Oh my. Thank you. Uh, I mean, sorry, I have to interrupt. You might be making a ton of money Oh and man. yet you're broke. You, this you, is, I, I have to hit on this. It's so important. I cannot tell you how many people are like, I got a six figure business. Like that is not the finish line. Uh, cause you need help. And if you want to grow and you are someone like me who follows someone like you understands that there's more and complacency kills, Uh, that six figures evaporates extremely quickly when you start bringing the right people for help. There was a point at the beginning where I would take any help. And man, uh, I always say this, and I'm going to say it one more time on the podcast, is that the most responsible thing you can do once you start getting profitable. So number one, get profitable as quick as possible. Number two, start paying people to help you do all the things that you hate doing because there's someone better at it, period, point blank. And you will never be able to kind of execute on your vision and move it forward. uh, If you rest on the laurels of having six figures, it's the same way Grant Cardone always says a millionaire is nothing, you know? So I I had to interrupt because I'm with you. I'm with you. That is so largely important. And it is, uh, it sounds good, but it smells funny.
1: (laughs) No doubt. And Damon John's book I haven't read it I just read the title it says yeah. uh, the power of broke and you want to invest and treat your money and wealth like billionaires but you want to hustle like you're broke yeah and so it's it's living in that tension and that's the best way to put it Grant even mentioned Uh, As with investment advice is save, 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 and then spend it all in investments and real estate. So you're broke again to motivate yourself again. So some of it comes back to self-awareness. You've got to figure out um, what is going to motivate you and light your fire. And you have to get uncomfortable because, and and even decide to say that comfort is the enemy uh, at some level. And I think we're seeing that. I think that you know there's this kind of movement' a, i think it's a great movement where you know people are 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 taking cold showers and and you would know this even more than me because I haven't been through boot camp yeah but but American life is so soft, like American <laughs> life is just so cushy yeah. that even even me i wasn't active i was overweight um cardiovascular system was doing terrible as I was going into my thirties before I was running before I was doing any of this stuff. And, you know, if it was snowing outside or raining or something, you know, you just find me inside eating Cheetos. And what I realized was that when I get outside now in the winter in Vegas and my face gets hit with the cold, it's not that cold. Anybody listening in Canada or the East Coast, I'm (laughs) sorry, I apologize. Uh, But, you know, when I get uncomfortable and when I get wet and uncomfortable and sore and when I take cold showers, life is getting better in those moments, uh and and so many people are afraid of that. And so again, th- but and this is this this is an American problem. Some people are living in this situation because that's actually their life, which should frame us as with gratitude. Yes. But we have to find ways to, I think, type tap back into that primal um, you know, way I believe God created us, which was to do hard things, yes. which was use it or lose it, to use our muscles and uh and That challenge is something that I believe was woven into us living a fully charged life—is having challenges before us, and uh, and getting out of that comfort that can kill.
0: Love it, John. Last question is: uh, when you spoke that day, uh, you mentioned, and I and I cannot remember verbatim, so this is completely paraphrasing. You were talking about the weight of 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 challenges, and I think you were talking about an anecdote where someone was, you know, it was just so heavy on their back and you were talking about looking up, um, you know, the strength there. Um, When, 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 if I'm talking to you right now after this podcast and I'm like, Sean, my business is doing well, man. Thanks for the help earlier and all this other stuff and things are going well, but you know, I just can't keep up or this or that. And I I talk to you about these challenges and I feel like they're weighing me down and I feel like it's going to derail me. Uh, Can you talk to me about, you know, just how heavy the pressure can be self-induced external, whatever it is and how we could help ourselves look up to stay clear on our vision and push forward.
1: Yeah. I think at that moment, um, in the message, I was referencing a Psalm and, and in that King David, um, the historical King of Israel said, my vision is blurred by grief. <laughs> And it made me think that, again, what we can go through just as men, as women in our lives is that there's a proverb that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And when we've got a hope and we've got a dream, but then we get into the grind and we hit setback after setback and we get punched in the face or we experience delay, which was that third point when got it. you even have a vision, but there's delay it it's easy for the weight on our shoulders to almost like push our perspective to where all we are looking at is our feet. We're Mm. looking at just our own circumstances. We're just looking at everything that's wrong around us. And to your point in question, what we need to do is actually lift our head up. And in the Bible, it said it was talking, I was talking about Abraham and there's that moment where God told him, he said, count the stars So the difference then looking at his feet and just looking at the dirt of his situation that was around him, was like, lift up your head, Abraham, lift up your chin and count the stars, see how numerous they are. And then there was that promise from God that said, "Um, that's how many your descendants will be. Now, here's what's crazy is that Abraham's life did not change the next day, the next week or the next month, even within years, because he was wanting to have the promise of a family and legacy. But it still took time, but what happened in his moment was that his attitude changed. He was reinvigorated in his spirit, and that's my hope for those listening is actually your circumstances by listening to this podcast are not going to change, but your perspective by listening to this podcast can change it's true and with a change perspective, basically what we need is just the energy to get up and fight another day to maybe dust off that blurry vision, and grief can be the setback, it could be the loss of a business, it could be the illness of someone around you. It could be your own health challenge that you're fighting Mm -hmm. with. It could be bankruptcy. It could be a business deal that just went through. It could be, sometimes you invest in things, you think it's gonna pan out, you jump on an airline ticket, you fly there, you you, you invest all this money and it all falls through. And not only are you now broke, you also just wasted a week or a month. And all these things can weigh down on us as grief, but you gotta lift your head again. You got to dream again. You got to look at the vision again and recognize that these are what these things are. They're temporary defeat. Mm -hmm. If you just don't quit and you just keep going towards the vision, every single man or woman who's accomplished something great has faced many temporary defeats. Yes. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Everything you've learned till this point has been insights and data so that you can get up tomorrow and try again. And I would encourage along this thought, just two things. Number one, the truth is, yeah, you got to keep fighting, but tired eyes rarely see a bright future. <laughs> All right. And if you've been punched around and kicked and you're, and you're feeling weighed down, you know, especially when you're trying to build a business and entrepreneurship, they say a lot of times, you know, just to make ends meet, especially at first you're bootstrapping. You might be working 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week and you feel like you're barely making it. The first thing you may need to do if you feel weighed down and just stuck in your circumstances is actually take a true break yep. and not a, excuse me, not a like surf Instagram break, not a like still sit in front of your computer break, but I mean like just rest. I'm not saying take a month off. I'm saying, I'm saying just like disconnect for a bit and, and sleep. Like go to, you know, take a nap, yeah. get hydrated, go for a <laughs> yeah. walk, breathe yeah. and, and, uh, and rest a little bit because sometimes tired eyes rarely see a bright future. You just don't want to make important decisions um, or even dream about your future when you're in a bad state and that state could just be fatigued. And by getting back into a place of just energy and just getting rested up, that's going to help you tackle the problems in front of you with fresh eyes and a fresh mind. But then number two is another practice you could do is, is get re-in-touch with everything we've talked about on this podcast. And you've probably heard me say this before. But And that is to get re-in-touch with the vision. And in a way to word that would be that reasons come first and results come second. Mm-hmm. So... Pull out a piece of paper and start writing down your reasons and start getting re-in-touch with your vision. When I look at my tasks, what I need to do, what we need to have happen this year, um, we've invested a lot. So we've needed to increase revenue. And I thought that as we approach the end of January 2020 recording this, I thought that by now. Um, all this stuff would be, all these deals would be clicked in and all this <laughs> revenue would be clicked in in our business. And what I learned was that as hard as I'm hustling, that it's like farming. I've been planting seeds all month. Yes. And I, and even in these, I'm, I'm doing all these uh, JV deals with people and people are like, yeah, I'm so pumped. Yeah. Let's get you locked in for April, May, June. Yeah. Let's do a Q4. So then I'm learning that, well, I need to be doing this work right now, but shoot, this isn't coming in in January. And it sounds like it's not coming in in February. So it's not happening as fast as I would want it, but I still got to, to do the work. So when I look at my tasks, I'm like, okay, my tasks are just mounting up. I have all these to-dos It's causing me stress and I'm not even getting the results that I thought I, I wrote down on January 1st. Correct. What I need to do is put my tasks to the side, pull out a piece of paper and write down my reasons. What am I fighting for? Yeah. What's the bigger vision? In the grand scheme of things, scheme of things are today's tasks even going to really be remembered in five years? No, they aren't. But the goals that I set and the vision that I'm committed to will be and the people that I impact. And so when I write down my reasons and I start remembering and I'm fighting for my wife, Sonia, I remember that I'm fighting for this team that I have because I'm committed to them and they're a world-class team. And the CEO's number one job is two things, <laughs> two things, is number one job, make sure we don't run out of money and establish and, and hold culture and values on our team, yep. which is keep the vision clear, keep yep. the values clear, make sure everyone's in line and unified. And so uh, I keep fighting for those things. So I write down, I'm writing, fighting for my team, fighting for my family, for my faith. I'm fighting for the goals. And then I've noticed that when you get in touch with those reasons, it sparks the fire again. Yeah. It's not just the tasks and the to-do that just wears you down and the stuff you have to do. You might need to rest a little bit and you might need to just recapture vision a little bit and then get up the next day to fight again and to plant the seeds again. Because to be fair, like literally our objectives, we will see zero checks clear from these objectives that I thought were all going to happen in January. Yep. We'll probably see a ton of checks clear in March, even more in April, even more in May but I've got to do that work today for the future that I want tomorrow. And I never try to judge my life by the harvest I'm reaping, but by the seeds that I'm sowing. Yeah. Because Uh, it's like farming, it's sowing and reaping, right? So if we can stay motivated as leaders and entrepreneurs, the leadership locker and just keep planting good seeds, stay rested, stay healthy. Then the byproduct of that lifestyle should be that we reap a harvest in due time, as long as we don't grow weary and don't give up.
0: I love it. Um, one military saying we used to say was you can almost never screw anything up by taking your time. Now that doesn't mean literally go half speed, but obviously you may have heard the saying slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And when I used to teach marksmanship, it's like, that's exactly right. You know, if you slow is smooth and smooth is fast. So when you, when you look at everything you're doing in totality, you probably don't realize it but it is all going to grow like you're saying it is seeds you're just constantly planting seeds all over the place and i completely understand what you're saying oh this is gonna hit this is gonna hit this is gonna hit but nothing's hitting right now and it's almost this uh uncomfortable moment but if you wait for those things to hit and you're not looking at your reasons then you're actually just gonna fall into that complacency that we're all trying to avoid uh so sean uh I would love for people to get in touch with, uh, with you or to find you on social media and to follow. Uh, you have a lot of different things. What is most important and top of mind for Think Media right now that specifically, uh, and actually let me interrupt myself, veterans have this weird thing where we are not, <laughs> like, I think we don't think we're creative or something. Uh, get into video, consider video, You are all storytellers because we have stories for days. Uh, Get a camera. And like Sean always says, research before you record. It's not necessarily about just what you want to talk about. It's about what people out there want to hear. But Sean, uh, that being said, uh, where do you think is a good starting off point for anyone who wants to explore some of their creativity? And if people just want to hear about your newest endeavors, where would that be?
1: You know, for your community, I think that the place to start is YouTube Secrets, the book. And you can get... The audio book on Audible, listen to it at any speed you want. Uh, The ebook is $4.99 on Amazon. You can get the physical book for like $13 shipped to you. YouTube Secrets um, as an introduction into why I believe everyone in your audience should be on YouTube. And I totally feel that. So many of us feel we aren't creative. But um, step two, what I would recommend is I would say, do some research. And think about what are you passionate about? What are you, what, what's a hobby of yours? Is it, is it actually woodworking of some kind? Go on YouTube and see the kind of channels that people are making around that. Is it um, collectibles of some kind? Are you into collecting? You probably would see that there's a community out there that just sit with cards or coins or figurines or custom boats or, uh, you know, model bo- boats or model ships or model airplanes and that there's a community with people that are just pop propping up a GoPro and they're talking about this stuff and you could do the same and there's ways to monetize it. You know, are you into cars? There's like bleeping Jeep, the channel and, and people that are talking about how to fix cars. And, and, uh, we just at our mastermind talk with someone who has a Ford Mustang GT, something or other over 800 horsepower, rich, this thing. This thing is ridiculous. And, yeah. and uh, just on a hobby channel, he's got um, uh, thousands of views on yeah. just making some videos about the different things he's doing to the engine and just doing a tour through the car. And so it's like almost anything I would say you want to survey the land, do recon, do some reconnaissance, mm-hmm. read the book, YouTube secrets, yep. do some recon on YouTube and realize that you don't have to have some kind of a big personality and be some weird, you know, 17 year old teenage girl who's screaming at a camera, taking selfies that you just have to be yourself. And that the internet has connected us around our passions. And there's never been a better time in human history or even it didn't even exist 20 years ago in human history that you could actually profit from your passion and, I'm going to be speaking at a conference called artisan summit in a couple months here. Nice. Stone uh, Mike from stone coat countertops runs it. He, he has an epoxy countertops company yeah. and uh, they started doing a YouTube channel showing how to do different designs in epoxy countertops. And the people coming are leather workers and uh, people that are doing arts uh, of all kinds of different things. If you, we have plumbers that just came to our uh, mastermind and they've got a YouTube channel. And, and so and then you can, if, if you're in a home decor, DIY, or things like you're doing, if you want to talk about leadership or personal development, or if you actually want to talk about 10 things I wish I knew before I got into the military, or how yep. I would have done things different, or how to manage your finances, it's literally everything in the world. Because here's the stat, 67% of people use YouTube, and they look for it uh, to answer specific questions. Yep. And YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. And there's over 2 billion people on there. So you'd be surprised if you just grab your smartphone and talk about what you're into or share something that is a hobby of yours and post it on YouTube and just make sure that you title it in such a way that people could discover it. You would maybe encounter this powerful world. And here's the thing I would close with. Get the book, YouTube Secrets, Mm -hmm. right? And um, what you'd encounter is that this is such a profound world because yes if you stick with it there's ways that you can maybe monetize this and make a side income or a part-time living or even a full-time living doing it but also it, you are creative like if you're listening to this you are creative like it's you might be creative with money you might be creative <laughs> with strategy you might be creative with um actual art you might be creative in human communication you might be creative in so many different ways and when you share that it's not just the money or the growth or the influence. I've met I met Heather on the internet. I met my friend Alejandro on the internet. Our community and relationships and people that are now in our world are because that have a shared interest. We met because of YouTube. And I know that you're I guess see those gimbals behind you <laughs> and in the light box behind you. And we geek out over cameras and gear. And when you go to and then eventually you go to an event like a vid summit or a growth video live and you have true relationships. You got friends and you got a community that's gathered around this shared interest all because you punch fear in the face, you punch perfectionism in the face, you pressed record on your smartphone, and you started posting videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. and you just started. Yeah. And I think that YouTube Secrets, um, you can listen to it, you read the, uh, the ebook or whatever, it'll just show you what's possible with some of the examples and you can have a lot of fun while doing it.
0: Yeah, uh, I, have to, <laughs> I have to make one last add-on to that. What you said about finding people, you know, whether it's plumbing, whether it's uh, woodworking, any, any of these things. When you get out of the Marine Corps or, excuse me, any armed service for that matter, and you've served 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, and you tap into some of those curiosities – You know, if you if you have not listened to me any time before, there is a substantial loss of tribe when you exit the service. And you and it is so hard to as an adult to just like make friends, like, hey Sean, I like gambling. Do you? Cool, let's be friends. Like, it's just this weird thing. And you tend to want to latch on to what you know, and you want to go to every VFW event and all these different things and every veteran, everything when you've been hushing whatever that creative part is for a while because you may not have the time or capacity. If you allow yourself to do that, then you could quickly find yourself doing what you love, monetizing off what you love with an entirely different tribe in the second chapter of your life. So listen to what Sean has to say. I highly agree with him and recommend YouTube secrets. Uh, He's all, you go to think media on youtube as well at sean cannell uh two n's two l's uh on instagram and i mean just type it in you'll find him anywhere and sean thank you thank you thank you so much uh it's it's been amazing getting to know you over the last year and a half and learn from you and just be mentored from a distance it's been the best
1: rich appreciate you thank you so much for having me on
0: all right and